I think one of the remarkable elements of our life of faith is our capacity, our ability, our desire to pray. It's as simple as, and perhaps as habitual, as making the sign of the cross. And it's as public and as grand as thousands and thousands of young people gathered on one of the World Day of Youth celebrations with the Pope presiding. We speak of a life of prayer, and we speak of a moment of prayer. We memorize prayers that other people have written, and we make up our own. We sing our prayer. St. Augustine said, the one who sings prays twice. We speak our prayers, and sometimes we pray without saying anything at all, in total silence. We offer prayers of petition, praise, prayers of thanksgiving. We pray when we're sad. We're, we pray when we're happy. There's a prayer for every human emotion. We do it, but perhaps never stop to think about what is this prayer? It's a remarkable ability. It's a remarkable item, exercise, whatever one might say. We say it's our conversation with God. And when you think about it, when we pray, and what we say when we pray, tell us a lot about who we are and who we think God is. The three scripture readings for today center on that experience of prayer for the people of God. In fact, prayer is sort of the thread that connects us with last Sunday's gospel where the persistent widow came before the judge for justice. The week before that, it was the prayer of thanksgiving of the person who had been healed of leprosy. It's so prayer has a way of not only being of the moment, but of stretching us from where we have been to where we hope to go. In today's first reading from Sirach, that great book of wisdom, we hear the author say that the prayer of the lowly pierces the cloud. What a wonderful image. Pierces the clouds. I, I smiled to myself when I read that passage and I thought, the last time that I thought my prayer pierced a cloud was when I was at 30,000 feet flying from Chicago to Toronto and, you know, you're, you're in the midst of a cloud cover and you think they're big, soft, and wonderfully comfortable. But they're not. They're pretty mean sometimes. And right in the midst of this cloud cover, we hit an air pocket. And, well, you know what happens then. And I vaguely recall, I said to myself, Oh, my God and my prayer became a cosmic event. <laughs> Here's the clouds. But we have other clouds in our life when we pray. When that, it's a cloud of 
of despair or it's a cloud of sadness or it's a cloud that kind of challenges our hope or it's a cloud of diagnosis or it's a cloud of all kinds and it brings forth a prayer that we hope will pierce the cloud and the author of Sirach says and it doesn't stop until it gets to its goal which is the ear as it were of God for the psalmist has told us that the Lord hears the cry of the poor and it's not that the poor and the lowly are closer to God because they are poor and lowly it's that they tend to be more apt to turn to God than to turn to themselves and so in a sense when we gather we all know that there is a scarcity of our own before the amazing remarkable providence of God so we have our own poverty and can relate to that phrase the Lord hears the cry of the poor in today's gospel we meet the Pharisee and the Pharisees were known for living a virtuous life and for boasting about it in the marketplace and in the temple the Pharisee in his piety perhaps wasn't aware that he was also poor and so he was reporting into God said God by the way look what I have done I'm so well off spiritually the tax collector of course is the counterpoint in this parable and tax collectors were known by reputation and practice as being despicable ah, perhaps some things never change <laughs> but he readily admits that he is a sinner and so he comes before God with a sense of that poverty that he needs God's forgiveness and he begs for God's forgiveness knowing that God will hear the cry of the poor every time that we come to gather for Eucharist we begin with what we call our penitential rite it is our way of saying that we like the tax collector need to turn outward to God and not inward like the Pharisee when we need to understand that God is God and we are not that it's the mercy of God that humbles us and makes it necessary for us to say may God hear the cry of the poor it's not of course a time to make comparisons with others around us only the Lord knows the intentions of each of our hearts and only God has enough mercy to take care of all of us and of all our sins there once was a solicitous pastor who asked one of the women in his congregation who had seven children and he said to her which one of them do you love the most and she said whoever needs it the most and so that's God the mother of mercy 
whoever needs mercy, God provides, and all of us need. And so we remember that maybe there's a Pharisee in each one of us, a little bit. And we know it's easy to be judgmental. We know it's not a virtue, but sometimes we slip into that posture. Even Paul boasts of his good deeds in today's reading, his letter to Timothy. I've competed well, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. But Paul goes on to lay the credit before the Lord. And we're also a little like the tax collector. We are honest, we are humble before God in our prayer. We know that the Lord hears the cry of all of us as our prayer pierces the clouds of life, trusting that the mercy of God will rain down in abundance. For the one who serves God willingly, Sirach says, is heard, is heard. In a final little story, this also of a kindly old preacher who once stopped to speak to a parishioner whom he had noticed was in the church almost every day, came and sat in the back pew, and he seemed to spend a lot of time presumably praying. And so the preacher went up to him and said, I see you here a lot. Are you praying? Are you talking to God all these times? And he said, oh, yes, I am. He said, well, don't you think you're bothering God a bit too much? Oh, no, he said, we're very fond of each other. 